you know, what does it mean to accept Christ in your heart? I think it's the most fundamental message of Christianity that no Christian understands. We think we get up here and, and uh, uh, you, you, you have an altar call and you, because I just think they're quoting Romans 10, 9 completely. I, I think they don't understand it. You know, it says, what do you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth? But if, if you take that whole thing in context, what, here's what he's saying in that whole, go read Romans 10 again. Just go read it again when you get home. Because what he's saying is this, hey, faith comes when you hear the message of Christ, Right? So he says, somebody needs to be preaching this message because the whole context of Romans 10 says, how will know, they will know this message of Christ unless somebody preaches this message of Christ? He goes, so somebody has to be confessing it with their mouth and somebody has to be believing it in their heart, then they experience the new covenant. But we've completed it, we've made it this thing that as long as somebody gets up there and they say these words, and I, I contend they don't believe it in their heart yet. So when I was 13, I did the whole confirmation gig, which a lot of you guys probably did, and you walked up here. I didn't understand anything what I just said, but somehow, mysteriously, it's all gonna be okay. I, this is, Bill and I, we were just talking about this. I go, I'm just too practical, I guess. I go, it takes a lot more faith for me to believe that, that even though I don't feel okay, it doesn't look okay, I feel like crap because I'm still being condemned by the law, but no, you said those words when you were 13, Mike, it's all okay. That takes a lot more faith than going, you know what? When I see that somebody believes something in their heart and they start to experience it, now I go, now they've experienced his life. Now they've, now they've been so zoed there. You guys get what I'm trying to say? I think there's something much more powerful than you standing up here going, I, I, and I think they just take Romans 10, 9 out of context. I go, there's two things happening. Somebody has to be preaching this gospel. That's why it says, how will they know this message unless somebody preaches it? And then once somebody preaches it, somebody believes it in their heart, boom, that's the winning combination right there. Does that make sense? Where the old covenant is do, 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 follow these laws. The new covenant is somebody's got to preach this thing. Where is this message of faith? It's near, it's right in your mouth. It's something we proclaim. So then faith comes when they hear it. So somebody's got to be preaching it and then once somebody believes it in their heart, they, they experience it. You guys understand what I'm trying to say? So what, is it, what does it mean to uh, accept Christ in your heart? This is what I was taught. Hey, get up here, say some words that you don't even understand what you're saying. You're doing it because your grandma's going to be happy. And she's going to give you a Bible with your name in it, like confirmation. You go, I'm so proud of you, son, that you gave your life to Christ today. Fantastic. And I go, but then they don't understand anything what they just said. And they don't experience God. They experience, oh, no, now that I'm saved, why, why am I not feeling any differently? Why am I not experiencing life? If he came to give me life, why am I not experiencing it? Right? Maybe your experience was amazing. You did that little walk, and you said these things, and everything was cool after that. That wasn't my experience. My experience was, I wonder if I'm... That, that saved me? That's strange to me. Because I don't feel saved. I mean, because I, I don't feel righteous. I don't feel joy. What I just, because it says the kingdom is a heart issue. It's the righteousness, peace, and joy. There's shalom. There's righteousness in it. There's joy in it. I just go, I just remember walking off stage being kind of confused. Like, why is everybody so happy? I don't feel very happy, even though I just said those words up there. Because that is not it. Somehow we have this picture. The Holy Spirit goes, now it's in me. I remember going, what happened? I don't think anything happened yet. I think I didn't believe the message of Christos in my heart yet. Accepting Christ in your heart is belie- it's simple to me. It's accepting this fact that there is no separation between God and me ever again. I'm completely sinless and righteous for the rest of my life. I'm forgiven, I'm healed, I'm whole, etc. And now my life, I can freely ask anything that Jesus already has. I know it's my inheritance and I can ask for it 
and freely receive it. That is accepting Christ. The reality that, the, that what's true about Christ is true about you. You accept that into your heart where it starts to produce in your life. Does that, does that make sense? That is accepting Christ into your heart. So I just want to show you something. And because I'm going to read this to you. And I shared it at the, at the oh, this is important. I'm, I, I have to be out of town on Wednesday. So there's no house fellowship this Wednesday. I'll put a message out on, uh, on um, the email as well. And guys, if you're not getting the emails, that means you're not on the email list. Okay. So you go, I didn't get an email. And I go, well, everybody else did. You're, you're strange. So uh, you didn't get on it because you're not on the email list. So just do info at freedomministries.org. I'll get it and I'll add you to the list, okay? And you can add yourself to the daily devotional there too if you want. So, and I love what, what Doug's saying there is, you know what? It, all those daily devotionals are, to, are for to do is just to really renew your mind to the truth about who you are every day. And just let yourself meditate on that. It brings life when you do that. And that's what he's saying. So... Anyway, um, so no house fellowship this Wednesday. That's February 1st, I believe, because I'm going to be out of town, okay? So, um, all right. So I just want to share this with you because this, this is how we get so confused. Where we, we, you cannot mix law and grace and the story. The old covenant is not mixed with the new one and the story. That's what all those types and shadows were, is you cannot ma- wear mixed garments. You can't have wool and linen mixed. And I think we've all... We've all looked at a tag on our body and said, this is a blend of polyester and whatever. It literally says, if you're going to do everything the Bible says, you're an adulterer if you wear mixed garments. It's an impossibility to do everything the Bible says. So I want you to rest. Does, does that make sense? Because it, it says, don't wear mixed garments. And how many guys worked, walked, I don't even remember the number today, but uh, if you walked on the Sabbath, which was yesterday, most of you guys are prostitutes again because you walked too far on the Sabbath. You cannot do what it says. It's an impossibility. You have to know that Jesus perfectly fulfilled that. Now that promise is yes to you. That's what you meditate on. That promise is now yes to me. Amen? Not what do I need to do to fix my life? Because that's what most people take that scripture as. And in that, they're going to find death. The, the life comes when I go, dude, there's nothing for you to do. Just know that he perfectly loves you and start meditating on that. That everything he's qualified you for is now yes. Praise God. But here's why people are so mixed up. But at our house fellowship, I shared this uh, last Wednesday, but... And I'm not going to share, I shared the ministry there because it was a smaller group, but just trust me in the fact that it's one of the biggest ministries in the world. And that's why Christianity, in my opinion, is such a mess where people aren't experiencing the life that they should be given. And it says, the question is this, does God forgive the sins we will commit in the future or just those from the past? I became a Christian two years ago and I worry about this. So what's the answer? All of them. It's exactly what Reg just said. When he said, go and sin no more, it means you are now, I separated you from your old man, your sin. Now you're completely sinless for the rest of your life, even if you sin. Because it's an impossibility to sin because I took it away, past, present, future. You live free. You guys get it? So here's the answer. One of the Bible's greatest truths, and you'll, you'll I'll tell you when Barb and I were so excited because we, we were like, man, this is a big ministry. And most of it's condemning, most of the stuff that they teach. And so, one of the Bible's greatest truths is that Christ died to take away all your sins, not just part of them, but all of them, past, present, and future. We're like, yes. Thank you, Lord. This is why we should never fear that you'll lose your salvation every time you commit a sin. If that were the case, you and I would lose our salvation every day because we sin every day. Even if our actions are pure, our thoughts are often not. You bad thinker, you. And even if our actions and thoughts are pure, guys, none none of you are. Hallelujah, as soon as they get off that, then they'll understand something. So, and even if our actions and thoughts are pure, we still sin because of the good things we should be doing but fail to do. Never forget yourself. So you see how he just shifted into, 
hey, accept this fact that you're forgiven, but you're still you dirty, rotten thing. Because your actions and thoughts, these things, you don't do them. New Covenant's all about being, not a human doing. You're a human being. What's true about the Father is true about me. It has nothing to do with what I do, okay? Never forget, your salvation does not depend on you and how good you are. It depends solely on Christ and what he has already done for you through his death on the cross. The Bible says, I always love it when they say that. The Bible says that Christ appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself, Hebrews 9, 26. Does that mean it doesn't matter whether you sin or not? Of course not. Sin is serious, and it's an offense to God. It breaks our fellowship with him. That is why Christianity is such a mess. And I promise you, that's one of the biggest ministries in the world, not just the United States. I go, wait a minute. He just forgave all of our sins, it's completely free, yet it's an offense and it separates us from God. Yet the Bible I read, so that's why I go, well, my Bible says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He hates divorce. That doesn't mean if you got divorced, he hates you. He goes, I hate this concept. You'll divorce me all day. All of us will. Amen? But I'm such a good husband, I will never divorce you despite you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are anointed forever. Hallelujah. Here's the good news of Jesus Christ. When you sin, when you did the wrong thing, you made the wrong mistake about finances, what's the truth about your life? Nothing changed. That is what you need to get into your Christ, into your heart. That is accepting Christ into your heart. That what's true about Jesus is true about me. End of story. Does that make sense to you guys? And when you do that, I'm just, you'll feel guilty every now and then because you're such a knucklehead like me. But I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I still struggle with this. Then you got to remind yourself, wait a minute. Thank you, Lord. Who will save me from this wretched man that I am like Apostle Paul? And then the very, they get back to the verse like, thank God in this new covenant, there's no more judgment when I'm in Christ Jesus. Amen? That is accepting the reality into your heart. Does that, does that help you guys? All right. So let's just go through scripture and we'll be done quickly. I got 13 minutes to finish this up. What does it mean? It doesn't mean you said something at 13. It means you accepted the truth about what that whole thing is about you every day. Amen? All right, so let's go through scripture. Accepting Christ in your heart is nothing, uh, sorry, is not something you could do. It is believing that what is true about Christ Jesus is true about you. That's the bottom line. So I I typoed that, sorry. The Father treats us as a joint heir with Christ. End of story, right? Either you're a joint heir or not a joint heir. Somehow, hey, all your sins are forgiven, but we sin. He's really ticked and he he doesn't forgive you. No wonder we're a mess. Follow me? You're forgiven. End of story. It doesn't break your fellowship with him. Now, when you believe in that, it breaks your fellowship with him because you don't go boldly to the throne of grace. And what are you going to find there? Mercy and grace when you need it. Hey, the minute you committed the biggest mistake is when you need to boldly go to the throne and go, the reality about my life is still Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What an amazing gospel. Amen? It doesn't go after you've gone to confession, after you've whipped yourself for 10 years and I promise to do better and go to this Christian seminar and that seminar, then I'm going to be better in my life. I'm going to start experiencing more of Christ. Guys, I deal with the fallout of all that teaching. You guys. Where'd you learn that? Right? Well, this minister, stop watching that. It'll, it'll, what you think is going to bring life is going to bring death. That's bottom line. So, we are completely free from sin, guilt, and shame of the first Adam is what it says. And Adam literally just means a blood man. It's a man. It's really just a man. See, here's what we don't understand. He's a federal God. Now, you, if you went to public school, you have no clue what that means because you don't understand how our whole society was set up. You're, how many of you guys did this? You're a democracy. No, you're not. Democracies are mob rules. But both of us were 
our parents were teachers, and so you ask a teacher, is this a democracy? Yep. I'm like, geez, no wonder we're a mess. I, but I digress, so. <laughs> so I'll stop there, amen? Yes, amen. <laughs> Michael, we just had a good talk, right? Every now and then it's good to say farm words. It's just, it makes us feel better. It's just, that's what I really want to do some of the times. Like, what is, somehow, right? You guys know that's not taking the Lord's name in vain, what you were taught. What's his name? Salvation, in English, to make it easy. When, you, when he appeared unto all men, he goes, I freely give everything. When you take that in vain, you don't experience him. That's all. You know what? He, he, you saying a farm word is not taking his name in vain, even though that's what you're taught. Because I saw my mother, my grandmother, acted like these good Christian women until something went bad, then I heard some farm words. And I remember being a little kid going... It's in there. You know what revealed? She hadn't accepted Christ into her heart. She accepted religion. He's going to judge me based on whether I say these bad words or not. And then, so she's angry inside. That's where most Christians are because they haven't accepted I'm forgiven. There's a rest. <sighs> He's just, he loves me perfectly. There's nothing for, I need to do but to understand that. Now there's a rest and a peace in me. So if some, I'm not saying, hey, listen, I, I'm just, I can go off the handle just like all of you guys, but that, like your edges said, that was in there. All of a sudden, something happened that triggered this, Anger, strife, murder, the, the works of the flesh are evident, is what it says. All of a sudden, the farm word came out, and a little kid going, <gasps> Right? Your kids ever heard farm words from you guys? I know you're such good little Christians. So, we are completely free from sin, guilt, and shame of the first Adam. We can expect everything the last Adam provided for us. People don't understand this. So, federalism, what God means is if one man was guilty, how many were guilty? Everyone, one represents all. We're a representative republic. You guys understand that? We elect somebody, he represents us all. Follow me? Jesus, where did they get that idea? From scripture. Is one man represents us all. Follow me? Now, the last Adam, which was a picture of Jesus Christ, how good was he? Perfect. So he's the one that fulfilled all of that for us. You guys got it? So if one was perfect, that's why scripture says, I sought for a man to stand in the hedge. And then we think it's us. No, it's not. He sought for a man. He couldn't find one. So what did he do? I sent my only son as the, as the last Adam to be perfect. So now all of you are perfect. If one's perfect, you're all perfect. If one's bad, you're all bad. Well, guess what? One's perfect and he'll remain perfect forever. Every promise is now yes and amen forever. That should bring some joy to you. Amen? I know I'm not perfect. Praise God. But there's one man and he doesn't judge me based on me anymore. That last sense, we can expect everything the last Adam provided for us. What did he provide for us? everything that's in the book. Are you redeemed? Yes. yes. Are you delivered? Yes. Only if you go get dumped in a stream and they deliver you. I've seen the craziest stuff, guys. Spitting a tube, spitting a thing, spitting a bucket. Here's a bucket because you're going to start spitting stuff. <laughs> and I know God's up there going, that's not what I meant. I mean, I was the deliverer. I remember singing songs, my deliverer is coming. Yep, if you go to this class, you'll be delivered. And you're going to spit in a bucket and somehow it's going to get rid of the demon. That's delusional to me. He's my deliverer. Does that make sense? I'm delivered. Hallelujah. When I, re, when I start believing that in my heart, that's why I love that Joseph Prince book. He goes, listen, I went this, he, the testimony of this guy went down to this psych ward. Basically, I think it was Columbia. Don't get me wrong, but you guys know the story. And he goes, 
this pastor was thrown in there of these crazy people. Today we would call them bipolar. They have a spirit of this. We have a spirit of that. We diagnose them, right? And then do this. Go pray and fast and send the delivery in there. Who's trying to pray spirits off his house and the spirit of Jezebel out of his wife and everything else. I'm like, God, this is the most delusional thing I've ever seen. And all he did, the testimony is sing, Jesus loves me. When they got that message in their heart, within, I don't remember the exact story, you can go get the book right off our shelf. He goes, two, three months later, they were all free. Nobody's saying, come out in Jesus' name. I want to do those guys most of the time. Like, would you just relax and accept the gospel? Because the gospel is righteousness, peace, and joy. And if you go look at every one of those people probably grew up in a religious setting where they felt guilty because they couldn't follow the rules. Does that make sense? So accepting Christ in your heart is meaning you're free, guys. Amen? And now every promise is yes to you despite you. That is the most freeing message in the world. So let's go through this. 1 Corinthians 14, 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. It's what I do, right? The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. It's a spiritual thing. You have to believe the right thing. That's, that's what he's trying to say. First one you had to do. Last one you believe the right thing. You guys got it? You're in the last one. So how do you experience the kingdom? By doing something more? It's impossibility. It's impossibility. You have to believe something more. And not a level. You just have to believe the right thing. You trying to do something more will bring death. I promise you. I promise you. There's no joy in that, right? There's no joy in doing something more or doing something less. There's no joy in it. The joy comes from knowing that whether I do that or not, I'm free. <laughs> Hallelujah, because I'm in the last Adam. Amen? You guys get it? All right. So let's keep going. Some supporting scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For the love, the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. This is, our, this is the judgment about us, okay? That if one died for all, then how many died? All. The penalty for sin is what? Death. Now I was taught, we just don't know who's going to get to heaven, man. I sat in the biggest church in town here and that's what they said. Remember that? I remember going, well, I'm screwed. That gives me no assurance because <laughs> I know me. If he, if he finds sin, if he find, if he's, is he going to find faith when he shows up? Because if he finds sin, the penalty for sin is death. So be like me, the sinless dude. I was going, I can never be like you. One, I want to eat meat and you don't eat meat. So I'm out of there right there. Eat some meat. You're, you're barely, she knows this. I'm sorry. It's just one of these Iowa things in me. I'm like, the dude can barely hold up his head. He doesn't eat any meat. Like, eat meat. It helps for you to have some strength and a little, mm, right? <laughs> so, see, life's comical to me. So, we're just reading this thing. You'll appreciate this on the kale. So, I just pull this up. Because everybody wants these high kale diets. And you know what? Kale's really high in, in, uh, um, in uh, copper. So all these people are starting to get copper sickness because they eat too much kale. I go, see, just eat some meat, man. You'll be good. So it's just, it's, the whole thing's comical to me, honestly. When the whole, we were in Philly right after President Trump was there. So everybody was protesting. So I was joking with everybody because our hotel was right in the middle of Philly. And Trump and everybody were there. And so guess what? All the wacko protesters are everywhere there, you know. It's like, did you go protest? I go, no, my wife did. She was out there protesting, which we're so far from that. We're like, we just want to get to our hotel. What are you, what are you protesting, right? 
And so it was cold, so I was like, thank God for global warming. You imagine how cold this would be? <laughs> you guys are out there freezing your tootsies off. I'm so thankful for global warming because at least it's not, and it's freezing. That's how, the, it's just comical to me because all of that teaching, everything, all the scare things is from a not a loving father mentality. We're gonna run out of something. We gotta do this because the end of the world's coming, so get a big car and live off the grid. And God, he experienced life. He, he, technology is his. Does that make sense? Anyway, I digressed again, sorry. Hey, listen, I don't care what happens. I know Christ is gonna get fed. So what's true about me? I'm gonna get fed. What if I don't have seeds in my house? Christ is the owner of the seed. There's no freedom in worrying about all this stuff. There's freedom knowing that what's true about Christ is true about me. End of story. Right? Use some more plastic bags. A little more warmth here in the winter would help. Therefore, if one died, that means you died already. So if, if he already judged you from sin, can he ever judge you for sin ever again? No, because he'll never do that. That would be unjust. That's where we get our law of double jeopardy. Does that make sense? If one's been judged, then he could never judge you. One's been judged and died for all of our sins, so could he ever judge you for your sin? Never. Therefore, if that's true, that's what he's trying to say. I just skipped a couple verses. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? He's a new creature. That's where we get born again. Most of the people that I talk about, he's a born again Christians, are not born again. I'm born again Christian. No, you're not. You still think you're in the old man. You don't know you died. There's no therefore yet for you. You guys get it? You, you, you were born again because you believed something out of a different spirit. Now I start experiencing that life. I've got a new life knowing that my old man's dead. He doesn't have judged me again. Now I'm born again. Most born again Christians are the least born again I've ever met. They're still dead in the old Adam, running around. Don't do this. Don't do that. They're not born again. I'm not saying they're not saved, but we, we equate, we get this term born again, and if somebody tells me they're born again, right away my red flags go up like, uh-oh, this guy will not be eating wings with me, I know, because <laughs> he's, still, he's still in this old mindset. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many guys are in Christ? Are you? Do you know what it means to be in Christ? What's true about Christ is true about you. Now you're in Christ. Now, if you understand that, you are a new creation. The old man already died. Hallelujah. How many guys know it still irritates us every now and then to have that old man hanging around? Every day. But you got to know that that is not how he judges me or sees me. He sees me in Christ for the rest of my life. Amen? He's good and he loves me and he's just going to bless me for the rest of my life. Yeah, but Mike, you're mildly stupid. That's why it's the gospel. Because I can expect to be blessed despite me. Hallelujah, I'm the new man. I'm in the spirit. I believe the right thing is what that means. It doesn't mean fall down. They're not born again, a lot of these people. I'm not saying saved, but they use the term born again to mean somehow they got saved. They don't know they're a new creation, perfectly whole forever. You guys understand that? Okay. Because it clearly says if you're in Christ, you're born again. Old things have passed away. The old way of God dealing with man, the first Adam, passed away. Did it not? It passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. We're the new man. We can sing a new song. That's what the new covenant's all about. Right? All right. Now, if all things are of God, you know what of God is, subjective versus objective? 
Every we, everything we have now and who we are, how we identify, are God. I'm in Him. Everything is from Him. Hallelujah. So it's not whether I do something more or less. Because it's all from Him who did it all. Got it? All right. Now all things are from Him, of God. That's all it means. Who has reconciled us through, him, through Jesus Christ. What is reconciliation? Your account is if you've never sinned. You've, he... he he, and if, if you look, go look in the Greek, it literally means to the very last detail, that's who you are today. It's an accounting term, meaning whatever is true about Jesus down to the very last speck, I've removed it, I've, I haven't imputed any sin to your account, and I've gave you all credits. If you go into your account in heaven, Lord, I didn't do this today. I didn't go to church today. Because it looks like you did. Because I just see all these credits here. Because you're in Christ. Everything's been made new. Amen? You guys get it? So, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Ministry just means I'm going to serve you with something. It says the old covenant written engraved on stone serves you with what? Death. But you need to know that that one man died because we didn't all fulfill it. And if that's true, now you're in the new man, the last Adam. Amen? So we've been reconciled. So the, the serving, it says the new covenant serves you with life. It tells you what's right about you. Follow me? So if you ever hear a message, do this or don't do this, that is not the message. The message is everything's of God. Period. End of story. If you read scripture clearly, right? Not everybody twists it into something that you need to do, but it's not. It's a spiritual thing. It's you got to believe the right thing. That man died. Now that I'm in the new man, perfectly blessed, righteous, holy, kicking butt. Something just happened to me. No problem. He's going to restore the whole stinking thing. I'm going to be better than when I started. Hallelujah. That's, that's a truth that I live in. Does that, does that make sense? All right. So that is that God was in Christ reconciling how many people? <laughs> the world. To, so the accounting term was he was reconciling everybody back to, the, back to perfection. Lisa, you're perfect. I just saw you out of the corner of my eye. Thus saith the Lord. No, none of that. I used to get nervous when the prophet would get up there. He'd look my way and go... I want to lock eyes with that guy. He's going to see something bad, you know, like, <laughs> because I was scared, because that's what I thought, like, because I was like, God, did he just see, I just, then the more you try to get better, the worse thoughts you have, like, <laughs> am I the only one that's ever done that? Did you get scared when the prophet's going to come? I wonder if he's going to read my laundry. Did he just see, was he talking about me? And I get that from some of you, actually. Pastor Mike, I know you were talking about me, and honestly, I'm like, I have no clue where you got this. So relax. You don't, get, you don't need to give me a mea culpa because most of the time I'm like, what are you even talking about? I don't even know. Isn't that true? The people go, you know what? I know you saw this in me and all this. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> so I took the two by four out of my own eye, right? Anyway, that God was in Christ bringing the whole world back to himself. How, how perfect is Christ? That's how perfect you are. He reconciled himself, you to you, him. Right? Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word or message of reconciliation. What are we supposed to be telling the world? You're perfect, man in Christ. You're righteous. You're holy. You've been forgiven forever. Then, then the next thing is, now go find a good Bible-believing church and start doing all these things. I was like, 
That's what I was trying to avoid. Because I grew up in that, I didn't want to do that. Because I saw the hypocrisy in it. Because my mom would say, don't say this, these bad words, and then something happened bad to her, and she'd say the bad word. Yeah, not in the church. You just hide it, right? Which all you guys do. So when you do that, that's what you need to know is like he imputed everything to Jesus and he's reconciled us back to himself. You guys get it? Does that make sense to you? So our message is the message of what? Your life can look like Christ. If Christ's for completely forgiven, then are you completely forgiven? Yes. Does Christ have any guilt for anything he's ever done? No, all he's doing is experience his life. That means I don't care how bad you are. I don't care what, what kind of thoughts you have. I don't care what kind of mess you've gotten yourself in today. Right? Because most of the time you hear this mixed message thing like, well, you cannot have this until, uh, until you do this. In fact, at least that, that was what we were talking about because every, every Christian... Uh, Christian thing on leadership, finances, whatever, it's so mixed. It's so mixed. It's like, that is not the message of Christ. What's true about Christ is true about me. When the more I start believing that, guess what? Everything just comes naturally. It's just, consider the lilies. It's just, that life just starts to happen in my life. But to go, hey, be a better steward makes them worse stewards. Because the guilt comes back and go, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sure I've been a bad steward every day of my life. And they don't understand that that was written to the Jews because they were supposed to steward these oracles of God and to show them that none of you can do it. So once you can't do it, bring a lamb because you started making it about all about what you can do instead of the woman caught in adultery at Reg was saying, you're supposed to tell her about the lamb, but all you tell her about is the stones that you should die. But let me tell you something. All you need to do is bring a lamb and you're completely forgiven. You'll never have to die for your sin. Because because you, you, you did not steward that message correctly, I'm going to take it from you and I'm going to give it to somebody else, the Gentiles, who will bear its fruit has nothing to do with you. That should free you up. Does that mean you should run out and be a good, bad steward? That's the next question they'll have if they have a legalistic mindset, right? No, we should just be as amazing as you. That's what I want to tell them. I go, I want to kick you right in the rear for that message because I deal with your people. And you're so amazing because you did everything right, but you're beating your wife and all these other things I, I find out, Right? because they're angry inside, because they know they're not somewhere. Anyway, I digress. Grace is tough, man. Because you got to, it's, it's tough for, if you want to be self-righteous, you cannot do it. It's, a, it's, a diff, it's easy to build a mixed thing. Just tell people to do something more or less and easy, because we, we respond to that. But you go, no, respond to just believing right, and it's going to be okay. That's, right? Hey, listen, if you know that my situation is going to turn around because if Christ was in this deal, it would turn around despite me. That brings some life to me. And then you naturally start feeling better about things and you start making decisions. It comes from what you believe. Does that make sense? Anyway, I don't know if I'm making any sense to you guys, but Christ was in, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So how prosperous is Christ? Then you are the ultimate in prosperity. You guys understand that? You're the ultimate. Hallelujah. Are you, was, is Christ completely healed? Why? Because he knows... I know that even though, here's Jesus, I took all the sin of the world onto me. See, we, we quote this thing, the same spirit that raises Jesus from the dead shall quicken my mortal body. But what did, what did Jesus know? Even though I just took all the sin and judgment of the whole world on me, what did he say? Into your hands I trust my spirit, Lord. 
I know you're not gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna reconcile me, even though I have the, the whole sin of the world, it's gonna be okay, and I'm gonna die. And I trust that you're gonna remove all my sin on the third day so I can rise again. I trust that message, Lord. That is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Does that make sense? We think it's this, boom, I'm prayed and got the anointing and shondala. No, Jesus said calmly, I trust you, Lord. Even though I have the weight of the world, the sin of the world, I know you're never going to judge me for it. Once the, all the sin is completely gone, you're going to freely give me everything back. That same spirit will give life to your mortal flesh. You guys get it? Does this start to make sense to you guys? Spirit is just something you believe. It's literally something you believe. It brings life. I know it's, if you go look at spirit, it means breath, but it also means something that animates, this internal belief system that animates. What does animate mean? Brings to life. You guys see the animated films? They take something that's not life, clay or claymation or whatever, and they make them into people. It animates. That's what animation means. So when you believe the right thing, we're so fearfully and wonderfully made, how, our, how we work is when we start to believe the right thing, we don't know how. It's just going to work. It animates. It brings it to life. That's what spirit is. The first man was a doer. The last man is a believer. First man, last man. That's really all it is. I'm just trying to show you from a million different ways the same gospel. Does that help you guys? All right, so you can get to your feet. I've got a couple more, but I'll just keep going. Hallelujah. So, because what, what I read out of the message last week was simply this. It says, listen, if the first Adam got into this mess, the last Adam, which it says that, that first Adam points to another one which is going to get us out of this mess, is what it says in Romans, right? And it says, you know what? If death was powerful, if the first Adam was so powerful that one man could sin and made all of us sinners, it says, if you're going to compare that man versus the last man, he goes, the aggressiveness of grace far outstrips the first Adam. So what does that mean? If it was powerful enough that one man made us all sinners, the aggressiveness of grace, this is what it says, is certainly that one man's perfect, we can all be blessed. You guys get it? So the aggressiveness of grace, that's what he was trying to talk about. He goes, listen, if you believe that truth, why don't you believe the other side? That you're perfect in Christ, nothing lacking. You've reconciled the world to himself. So we're supposed to share with people, you're okay. You're completely forgiven. Well, what does that mean? You can have every blessing now for free. What's true about Jesus is true about you. No, I'm this. I know you are. So am I. That's why counseling is, that's actually quite easy for me. Because you come, you want to share your junk, and I go, my wife and I do it all the time. You, you shoot heroin? No. But I wore mixed underwear today. If I'm guilty of one, I'm guilty of it all. Like, you know, when I'm, I'm just saying when I'm dealing with the Trust me, we don't. I'm just trying to show you how, how <laughs> we don't. At least I don't. I don't know. Just <laughs> no, she's amazing. She's way better than me, honestly. Really, she really is. I'm just a knucklehead. But what I'm trying to show you is how, how absurd that message is. Somehow, you look at me and I go, no, no, no. Because they don't want to share their nonsense, you know. So my message back to them is, I know. Here, but let me tell you what the truth is about your life right? You shall know the truth. What does that mean? Grace and truth came in Jesus Christ. Hey, all that stuff was not even the real thing. All those rules you're trying to find that you're, you search scriptures day and night and you're trying to find life is you're dying. That's what Jesus said because you don't realize it was written about me. Where do you find truth? God, he reconciled the world back to himself through one man, Jesus Christ. Now I'm perfectly sinless and righteous and holy, even though I know I'm not. 
So even though I missed this, as if I've never missed any, he didn't impute any sin to me. So when you come, you don't have to come bashful. Go, you wouldn't believe this. I go, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would, because I am that too, if we're going to judge ourselves. We, but you need to know that that old man died, and now everything has become new. You're new. Even when you're struggling with that addiction, that financial problem, that sickness, that guilt, everything's become new. Remove your mind to that. That's where you're going to find life. Does, does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so hopefully that helps. When you start accepting that into your heart, like, wait a minute, I don't need to accept this. Like Doug and Jenny go, you know what? I don't need to accept this body condition I have because the first Adam is over. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, is perfectly healthy. Thank you, Father, that you're going to completely heal me in Jesus' magnificent name. That brings life. Does that make sense? I don't care if you yell at it or not. Just People start yelling at stuff. And I just don't find a lot of joy in that, personally. And the kingdom is all about joy because there's no more tears in the kingdom. It's everything is going to be okay. Amen. So, Father, I just accept the fact that you're going to heal me. You're going to prosper me. You're going to, and that starts to bring life into you. You'll be born into that. It actually produces that in you when you start believing that. Does that help? Yep. So, I don't care what situation you're in, you never have to be guilty ever again. Hallelujah. That good shot? And if that's gone, now you can start to experience the new covenant. All the promises are yes. So, you just pray how you need to pray. I'm just going to pray, but that's the truth. So, Father, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you, that you reconcile the world to yourself in Christ Jesus. That means every one of these people under the sound of my voice is completely sinless. They should never have any consciousness of ever falling short. They cannot live in sin. It's an impossibility, like Reg said. They cannot, because that last Adam took away the sin of the world. Even though they sin, they mess up, they'll never fall short in your eyes. They will never fall short of your glory because you see them in Christ Jesus. So, Father, if that's true, then they can, they can expect the supernatural favor of Jesus every second, every minute, every day of their life. So, Father, we thank you that let that message just start to germinate in their heart, that they can expect the very best from this day forward. Father, if they need anything in their body, they need to stop worrying about being healed and know that you removed every sin. And all you do is give them life. You're healing that body even as we speak. Father, we think that every organ, every nerve, every brain cell, every blood vessel, everything is completely healed and restored in Jesus' magnificent name. Let them just experience Jesus' life. Father, we thank you for his prosperity in their lives. It's nothing we have to achieve. It's nothing we steward. It's of God. And he is the most prosperous man in the world. And so these people are the most prosperous people in the world. Nothing lacking. They're complete in Christ. So we thank you for that awesome message. Father, if there's anything that needs to be restored, whether there's marriages or relationships, you know what? You're just the God of restoration. I don't know how. We don't care how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it. And you will restore it to a place that is better than I could even imagine despite them. That is the amazing gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that that truth starts producing life in them. It produces supernatural miracles in them. They just experience the gospel. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' magnificent name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. You're released in Jesus' name. Have the greatest week of your life.